0: Welcome to the latest episode of Borderline with me, Danny Buckler. It's the spontaneous Zen outpourings um, from my brain. <laughs> it's a podcast that's still working out what it is. And in this case, Zen is code for undisciplined, unfocused, unscripted, and anything could happen. It will get better as it goes along. Except I've not been undisciplined this week, especially when it comes to the old Zen. Oh, no, I've had to put in a serious shift on the Zen cushion some serious zazen has gone down. I've also embraced the Rinzai school of koan. These are the things I need to do to get over this bloody haircut that I've had, which you can't see if you're listening to the audio version. The YouTube people can, though. I've been the victim of an assault this week. At the Barbers, I went in to get my lovely showbiz barnet quaffed. If you've watched any of my YouTube videos, you'll know I've got a very lovely head of hair, or at least I did have, until I went into the local barber, a different barber than what I normally use, circumstance, coincidence, synchronicity, the things that I live by, meant I had to visit a different barbers, and when that, well, that was a mistake, she was mental, I literally went and explained what I wanted, oh you know the usual instructions that I give, a one, build it up into a three, a little off the top, leave the length there, so I can let it lie flat, and she's gone at me, like she's some sort of demented gardener, trying to take care of the bushes around the back of a public urinal where you'd go to score spice. She's left me looking awful. It's all sort of spiky and like it was when I was a kid. I don't like it. And it's all uneven and unkempt. It's, you know, it's not good is what I'm saying to you. I don't look like the Zen Peaky Blinder that I should look like. But I'm just in time for me to get me uh, branding sorted as well. I've just got a logo designed for this podcast and I don't look like myself anymore. So, uh, bravo to you, Guildford barbers, who shall go nameless, but you'll not see my trade anymore. I did have a go at her. I did lose my temper a little bit, not in an aggressive well, no, no, not in an aggressive way, just a justifiable annoyance at the fact she'd left me looking ridiculous. They didn't charge me for it. And then I came home, and my uh, my hippie housemate was all, oh, "No, you shouldn't have had a go at her. You probably left her traumatised. You know, for- because you know, I'm not allowed to get annoyed, apparently." about the fact that she's left me looking like I work in Witherspoons. But good evening to you. It's a Sunday as I record this, and it's the latest borderline. I've had a a haircut aside, which has inspired a very deep period of Zen practice. That's a good thing, because I did literally have to come home and sit on my Zafu, which is what we in Zen call a cushion, and put in a shift on the Zen, which is a very beautiful thing that I do. I'm sure I'm going to talk about that a lot on this podcast as they go along. And it did help me clear the annoyance All oh, annoyance. Not like not, not rage, but annoyance. But the annoyance led to rage because these things grow. Do you know what I mean? I was annoyed in the shop. But by the time I got home, I was in rage because I've just spent time in my car looking at myself in the rear view mirror. And all I can see is this horrible spiky head of hair that makes me look like a the, the crap green goblin from the bad Spider-Man. Saw the trailer for that. That looks impressive, don't it? I don't know who's excited about that. I am. The multiverse one that's coming up. The new Spider-Man film, Far From... Not Far From Home. That was the last one. Homecoming, home, Homecoming, Far From Home. Oh, I don't know. Home Improvement, whatever it's called. It's gone out of my head for some reason. And I'm a Marvel guy. But I'm looking loving the look of it so far. All the classic villains are coming back. They're bringing in... This is not spoiler territory. This is in the advert for the film. But they're bringing back Doc Ock and... Uh, Green Goblin the cool one Willem Dafoe and the Sandman and Electro and the Lizard they're all coming through a spell goes wrong Doctor Strange casts a spell to try and relieve Peter Parker of his suffering now that he's been exposed by Mysterio and all the classic villains come through these portals and that's what he's got to deal with they're obviously forming the Sinister Six and we know who five are so far so I'm hoping we're going to get a surprise villain so far we've got Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus or Doc Ock as he's now known of an age when he was actually referred to as Dr. Octopus in the comics. Doc Ock, Electro, who seems to have had a bit of a refit with his costume. It's not the blue-faced Jamie Foxx. It is Jamie Foxx, but it's not the blue-faced Electro. It's the, uh, they've, they've given him the, the traditional look with a lightning bolt mask. I'm not sure if it's a permanent feature of his costume or if it's just an effect in that moment, but he looks great. Um, and we've got Lizard, the Lizard's back, who doesn't look great. And never did. That, that iteration of the character is, is bad mojo. They kind of redesigned him for the films and the, the look of him now is not so glorious. They, they took He does look comic book accurate, weirdly. If you look at the very first iteration of the lizard character, he doesn't have the snout. He's got that sort of horrible flat face. He does look like the original lizard, but he doesn't look like the lizard that we all know and fancy. The one that's got the sort of raptor face. And he's be- not betrayed in the same way. Like the, the lizard in the comic books is an orator, you know? He, and he, he wears a, a lab coat, a torn lab coat, purple trousers and a shirt. And you can imagine he, he sits in the sewers and reads Shakespeare to the alligators. Things like that. Whereas the lizard in the films is just a... You know, it just he's got a brain, he's got a plan, but he hasn't got the the gravitas. Which is a shame, because it's a waste of re fans who I love in the Curtis Connors part. And I'm assuming it's him doing the body mapping for the lizard anyway he's back in it who else did we see in the trailer sandman's back interesting that spider-man's fighting him given that his character arc resolved with him basically being a good guy a misunderstood criminal you know your favorite kind I oh, like a baddie you could be scared of. i was, I was so satisfied to hear willem defoe's cackle on that first trailer um and again they've not fixed the goblin suit either he's coming back in the old goblin suit with that fixed faced helmet I'm hoping some sort of evolution takes place in that look because I never cared for it. I mean I love Willem Dafoe in the part I love the performance I just don't like the fact that they made him look like a power ranger I wanted to see an animated goblin face there's some stuff on YouTube have a look there was a um a test run at the make a mask for him and when you watch it it makes you want to cry because you're just thinking why don't you do that then that would have been amazing what you've done there I'd have gone for that it'd been an incredible looking thing oh that sound was me hitting the uh the podcast mic stand and I'll leave it in because that's how this podcast works it's unedited well it is edited I cut out an awful lot of the ums and ahs I saw a show this week I went to the theatre I've been to the theatre twice since the lockdown um, ended once was to see the the Jaws play The shark is broken, I'll talk about that on the next one because I wanna talk about this show tonight because it's in my head. I went and saw Naturally Insane, The Life of Dan Lino. Now, why did I go and see that? Well, a couple of reasons, in fact, in fact, two reasons. Um, One was because my dear friend, Hilary O'Neill, who if you ever watched my live streams on um, Instagram over the lockdown, it's still up there. It's on there on my Instagram account, The Danny Buckler Show, she was one of my guests. I wanted to go and see this play because I've got a, a good friend of mine is in it and it's a good friend of hers. In fact, she, she knew everyone in it. I just knew the I just knew my mate. She knows everyone. Well, she knows everyone in show business. It's very hard to find a show that she doesn't know somebody that's in. She's, she is the yellow pages of show business, is Hilary O'Neill. You, you, you drop a showbiz name, they'll be a mate. Don't you worry about that. It's amazing. She's a very popular lady. Not only the, not only with the performers, I mean, all the backstage people and everything. In the walk, we parked up in London. We drove. She drove in because there's no way I'm doing that. Driving into London, that's a t- that's too much for my zen to cope with. I've been, you know, no one likes anyone else. They're all beaten. The roads are narrow. You feel like you're driving in Mumbai when you're driving to central London. But she offered to drive and Buckles graciously accepted her offer. So we drove in, which is always nice when you drive into London with someone else because, you know, you're not stuck by the tube and the bus. You can get out. You know, it costs you an arm and a leg just to do that even. But in we drove. And um, in, on the, even on the walk from her car to the theatre, like every second theatre, sta- every stage door hand, hey, Hilary, how are you? All right? She's chatting to all of them. We chatted to the woman uh, who runs the um, one of the theatres. Anyway, lovely lady. And uh, yeah, she knows everyone. So we went to see this play, uh, Naturally Insane, The Life of Dan Leno. Now, the, I was going because my friend Phil Walker is in it. Well, uh, hopefully it's, I say it it's, it's ended now, but hopefully you'll get a chance to see it because it is. It's a hell of a thing. And feels incredible in it. I'm going to talk more about him in a minute. But the main the lead, Dan Lino, is played by Steve Royal. who You probably do know if you if you're a fan of BGT, which I'm not. I don't like the program. Um, I never have. I don't like the way it's framed. I don't like what it's done to show business. Everyone's a judge now because of that program. But it's cha- definitely it's definitely changed audiences' uh, mindsets around performers. Everyone feels like they can give you a critique after. There's always two or three thought they could do that, especially working on cruise ships and especially working on the lines that I'm currently stuck on. But BGT has certainly accelerated that. People now feel like they can come up to you and just take that. Here's what I thought about what you did tonight. Now, you, they all think they're Simon Cowell because that's what the show's about. The show's about the judges. But... One of the weird quirks of that show I've found is that the best act never wins. It, it, they're always second or third because of the way it's done. The public vote. The, you know, and When you put the, the vote in the hands of the mob, you know, always, it's never the best person that wins. Which is what happened in this last one. You know, the guy that won it was all right. But, you know, the public, will, like you could be the greatest act in the world, but you're not going to beat a dog on that show because the public, ah, uh, and they vote for the dog. And you're not going to beat the guy with the, the cloying story about, you know, just an ordinary bloke, wife and kids at home, sat at my piano, hoping that you've forgotten Victoria would, you know. But um, but this is the thing. Steve didn't, He placed, Steve Royal played. I don't know Steve Royal. He placed, but there was no doubt in my mind watching him. He was the outstanding comedic talent on that show. And he's proven it by actually doing something creative with it. He's not a mate. Doesn't he mean to big him up? But I am a massive fan. God, he was funny on that show. Proper funny. Real old school yet modern. Wonderful, you know, wonderful performing skills. Just just funny at the level of his DNA. not mind funny bones. Funny DNA, you know. And I, and I was just interested that he was doing something interesting with his, this, this little bit of profile that it gives you. The, the, the standard route. If you, like the guy who wants doing a tour and that's all he'll ever do because there's no depth to it. There's not nowhere else for it to go, you know. Whereas what Steve's done is he's got this play on in which he plays Dan Lino. So Dan, we went to see it. and It's, it's, it's not what I was expecting. I, I thought I was going to get a, a kind of lighthearted romp through Dan Lino's greatest hits. Dan, so Dan Lino was a, a Victorian Music Hall performer, a legendary comedian, who I know absolutely nothing about beyond the fact that he's one of the suspects in the film The Limehouse Gollum. Uh, which I highly recommend, by the way, horror fans and mystery fans. It's like a, a, a an interesting Bill Nye film came out about four or five years ago. Um, sort of a Jack the Ripper-esque mystery. And you're trying to work out who the golem, who was the Limehouse Gollum. one of the suspects is Dan Lino. I forget who plays him. In. was very well known for playing the Dame in Panto, Victorian music hall Panto. And uh, so I thought this was going to be like a romp through Dan Lino's greatest hits. That Steve was going to recreate these routines. And I, I didn't know what the play was about. I knew it was about Dan Lino and that was all I knew. And I see we get a couple of poignant moments, maybe, you know, in the style of a jukebox musical. Like I saw the Roy Orbison one and, you know, it's, 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 Roy, it's just an excuse to string Roy Orbison's songs together. And, but then you'll get the occasional scene with Roy losing his wife and Roy and you know, the travelling Wilburry. You know, sort of token acting bits, but they're only there to get the songs out. And I thought this would be that, but with Dan Leno's comedy. Nay, my friends, this is heavy metal. Roy Hud was involved. His, his, his wife, um, whose name I, forgot, I don't know, I've forgotten. I, I, forgot, I apologise to you, Mrs. Hud. But she had a whole role in putting it on. She did a little speech at the start. I loved Roy Hud. I met him once. And in a, in a very flattering way. I've, I was in Panto once upon a time. God forbid I should be able to land one now. But, um, oh, God, we're going back about 18 years here. I did a pantomime. I was, I was Mr. Smee in Peter Pan at Broxbourne Civic Hall. Uh, with Nigel Pavaro as my Captain Hook or Terry Duckworth from Coronation Street to you lot. Um, great guy though. We had a real good time. Wonderful cast. Great people to hang out with. And um, I was Mr Smee and we had, we had three lads playing the Pirates and a guy called Will was one of them and a Jack and uh, I forget the third one. I do apologise to the third person if you're listening to this, which is highly unlikely because no one does. Roy had come round the back. He had a, a niece that was in it or something and he came round the back and... Uh, was very complimentary about my smee and that's not a euphemism but he was I was and I, at the time I mean even now that that's still one of those cherished memories when someone like that looks you in the eye and goes you're really good mate it's a real lovely feeling so yeah anyway this play it's not just like a jukebox it's a proper play it's, it imagines I won't spoil it for you but I will give you the gist it imagines the end of Dan it doesn't imagine it is the end of Dan Leno's life He dies apparently in a sanatorium. He had a brain tumour. So this is it. We're in the last couple of weeks of his life. And we're in the sanatorium. All that takes place in the sanatorium where he's visited by his wife and his doctor and his brother. Or is he? Because you're not sure how much of it is real. You're not sure what he's hallucinating. As it goes on, you suddenly realise he's he's hallucinating an awful lot. And you're not sure which of these people are actually genuinely there and which ones are just in his imagination. Uh, It's like a panto version of Joker. But the, perf- the central performance is Steve Roy. He's pretty much on stage. From when it starts to when it ends. And I'm not I'm not kidding. It was one of the most nuanced, layered performances I've seen in years. It wasn't what I expected at all. It was extraordinary. He was. He's going in and out of Lino's routine. I'm assuming they're Lino's routines. I don't know enough about Lino to say. So, so he's going in and out as he hallucinates. He's going into these routines and and that he's doing with the doctor, with his wife, with his brother, and then he's coming out of them, and then he's going back into them. And when he comes out, of them, and the, it's just so beautiful to see somebody create something like that. Like he could have just done the easy thing, you know what I mean? And just I'll just be Steve Roll forever. It's a real risk he's taking, but and, and it pays off because he's breaking down on stage he's the emotions that he goes through through the course of that and it's riveting it's absolutely a riveting performance if if he tours it and please god he will you must go and see it just 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 for that for for him but also Phil's in it now Phil's a friend of mine it was his West End debut is why I went he's a beautifully talented man Phil great comedian incredible comedian able to play any crowd i mean i've worked with him for years i've known him for years he can play any room he can work the roughest comedy club he can work the lightest comedy club he can work an army base This is why i met him we did the uh where were we together bosnia out that way we did an army a tour of the army base is about 20 but also a, a gifted singer he can sing an incredibly gifted impressionist he can do the most amazing impressions and impressions always fascinated me because I'm dreadful at them. It's the one thing I wish I could do better. In my act, the joke is that I can't do impressions, I can do approximations and I do do a few voices and that, but then they're, they're not good. Um, apart from my Bane from Batman, which is exceptional, I'll have, I'll have anyone over on that. Best Bane on the circuit, mate, sitting right here. He plays the doctor, but the role of the doctor is quite nuanced. He's not just the do- he comes in as the doctor prescribing the medicine, explaining Lino's condition. But he also, when Zeno's hallucinating these routines, the Doctor becomes his comedy partner for those. And Phil is amazing in it. He's amazing. Because you realise that they're playing like four or five characters each. And they're not just playing who they're playing in the course of it. Especially Phil, because Steve is going on a journey, but he's Dan Lino. Phil's not just playing the Doctor, he's also playing Lino's hallucination of the Doctor. And he's conveying it all with his face, his movement. It's just wonderful. And there's something so fantastic about seeing a mate. A friend. And a friend of Hillary's. And that's not a short list. But a friend. <laughs> she knows everybody. I don't know how. She's like a living Facebook. It's like Facebook Live. And, but to see a friend get on stage... And do something that you don't expect. I knew he was going to be great. I knew he was going to be great. there was no doubt in my mind he was going to be great. But I didn't realise how great. I mean, this was the Michael Sheen shit, you know? This was the... Oh, I just... Just wonderful to see. And I hope he acts more. I hope he pursues it. And I hope he gets more acting work and pursues it. Because he deserves it. For just for that one performance that... I wish it was a run so that he qualified for some awards. Both of them. Both of them deserve all the want. The whole cast is great. I'm not, sorry, there's no disrespect. I'm focusing on those two because I know them. But the whole cast is extraordinary. There's not a bad performance in it. But just to see your mate do something like that, to pull something like that off, warmed my heart. It really did warm my heart. He's a massive talent, Phil. And he's well worth following on the socials as well, if you don't already. Phil Walker is his name so him and Steve Royal and everyone in it sensational but you know him and Steve Royal really it was just great to see it and I met Steve Royal afterwards and I was really happy that he's a lovely bloke because you know it would have broken my heart if he wasn't but he's an absolutely diamond of a guy again don't know him just a massive massive fan I do know Phil I don't know Steve I'm just a massive fan and um, he just bought it all he bought it all because that's the thing, when you bring all of your skills to bear on a thing. Boom, that's what that was. Ah, oh, I'd love to act. I'd be, a great, I'd be a great Columbo murderer. That's the goal. It's not going to happen now, the Columbo doesn't happen, but I could be a Columbo killer. I could be Columbo, if they ever remake it. My wife, sir, she loves it. She loves that podcast that you do, sir. And that's how I knew it was you. Because your podcast always comes up on a Tuesday. But in December it came out on a Thursday. And that's how I knew it had to be you. See, there you go. Beautiful work from Buckles there. And a great example of why my impressions are rubbish. My nose is itching like mad. I'm in Buckler Studios and I've got the sheet up. And it's got got some dust or something on it. So I'm literally sitting here scratching my nose. If you're watching the video version of this, it looks like I've done something illegal before I come out. I haven't. I've just got an itchy nose. There you are, my friends. Get out there, get and see. Naturally, insane. The life of Dan Lino. I'm hoping they take it on the road. Get and see Spider-Man as well. Why not? I'm going to do another one. I'm going to do, do. You know what? This is the podcast that comes out on a an irregular schedule. A massive shout out to the, uh, the the sponsors of this pod. I've got two Patreons. I'm not plugging the Patreon because, to be honest, it's not ready for plugging. But I've got two Patreons, and uh, they are responsible for what you're hearing. So. A massive shout out to Andrew Graham and Lexi Unicorn. Thank you very much indeed. Your patronage is massively... You're the only two. So your patronage is massively appreciated. There is a Patreon, but don't go rushing there because there's nothing there yet. Give me a chance to build up a back catalogue of stuff. And uh, I will see you all on the next Borderline. I'm actually enjoying this now. I'm getting in the swing. Take care, friends. Wishing you a cracking week. That was Borderline. <laughs>